smoking, thanks to Nitro, that's all gas. On the hunt in a tall grass, intercepting every ball pass, then I run it back, that's a TD. Check the scoreboard, y'all last, we up one, you see me. Pussy niggas wanna talk about it, go to Hellcat, no demon. I be politicking on your broadcast, at the red carpet like the famous homie. Ask your bitch, really famous homie, and you know it's in me, it ain't on me. So creative like I made Adobe, I've been balling like I play with Kobe. What's the deal? What's the deal? We back again another Wednesday night. Politic in the podcast. We got a slew of topics to get to once again. It's just me and Amrock tonight. We rocking. Hopefully the other brothers will join in. But if not, you know what I'm saying? We just going to get to it. So the first topic we got is Kevin Durant. He went down with an injury. So Kevin Durant is now out for a month with a knee injury. What does that do for the Nets' chances? They just went with, what, 18 out of the last 20 surging in the Eastern Conference. You know, they look like everything start gelling after Kyrie's suspension. But here we go with a Kevin Durant injury. We got Stephen Curry. He made his return in a loss last night. But he is back for the Warriors. The Warriors are defending champs. Are they still contenders? And are they still the team to beat in the West? Lamar Jackson, we all know that he should have got that contract. He turned it down. He played on the expiring contract, and he got injured. Now Baltimore is playing Cincinnati in the wild card. And let's see if Lamar Jackson returns for that game. So Jay Prince Jr., he is receiving all type of hate and and all type of – just just all type of negative energy coming on social media after takeoff's death in Houston. They all blame mob ties. They said that they checked in with the mob ties crew in record label and that they were there with them and that, you know, basically Jay, uh, that takeoff died under Jay Prince's watch. So social media is not having it and everything that he posts, they're coming at him hard. So his father is out there trying to clear his name. He's on a podcast tour. He's on a media tour trying to trying to clear up his son's name. And lastly, Joe Biden. So they have found uh, classified documents from his vice presidency. This is the second time in about two, three days that they found classified documents. So we all know that they raided uh, Mar-a-Lago Trump's estate and found classified documents from him. But now come to find out that we got classified documents from Biden when he uh, was his vice presidency. So we're going to talk about the difference between them both having classified documents and how the media is trying to spin the same offense. And this is basically how they do the justice system. When we get it, oh, we get it like they do Trump. But when, you know, Brandon does it, oh, he gets the Biden treatment. So we're going to get to that. So first things first, man, Kevin Durant, he got injured. They are playing the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler fell down, fell on Kevin Durant's knee, and now he is slated to miss, I would say, at least a month. And this is crazy. The Nets just started gelling. They got it all together. They had just, like, taken off as a team and they were really looking like a true contender this year after all the drama. And now once again, Kevin Durant's down and the team has to find another way to win. They always already went through a new head coach and Kyrie suspension with all that drama. 
and Kevin Durant axed out this summer and he wanted to trade. And now after, you know, overcoming all of that, this is what they got, man. So what, how do you feel about the Nets chances of winning and what does this do for the future of the Nets, you know, for the rest of the season? Yeah, so he's only expected to be out a month. Um, they definitely have been rolling nine and one in their last ten. Um, but look, you got Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons on your squad. All right, you should be able to at least maintain five hundred. All right, um, I'm not sure exactly how many games they're playing over this next month, um, but if it's let's say you know sixteen games, you should at least go eight and eight. All right, that'll put you at 35 and 22. So you should still be in the race, at least the top three or four seed by that time. Um, I mean, right now it's Boston at 30 wins, Brooklyn Nets at 27, Milwaukee Bucks at 27, Philly 25, Cleveland 26, and then the Knicks at 23. So right now, I mean, you know, uh, Brooklyn's holding court. Uh, again, you got a superstar in Kyrie Irving who has been playing well himself. I know Kevin Durant's also been playing on an MVP level, but Kyrie Irving has been playing uh, just as well. Um, you know, obviously you're going to miss 30 points a night, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's Kevin Durant in his sleep. You're going to miss that, of course. Uh, but you should be able to hold court, especially um, in the Eastern Conference. You know, the Eastern Conference is a little bit better um, this year, but, you know, ultimately, um, you know, you should be able to hold court. But I think they have Boston twice and Philly twice during this stretch. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, again, it's only a month. If You know, so we're talking maybe to the All-Star break. And then you have at least 30 more games after that um, where you should probably go maybe 20 and 10 or something like that when Kevin Durant comes back. So they should still be in pretty good shape. Will they go all the way? I mean, they still got to see Boston and Milwaukee, of course, um, you know, in order to possibly get to the finals. So we'll see. But, uh, I mean, for him to rest a little bit during the stretch, you know, it, it might do do him some good and the team some good because then, you know, you get other guys gelling as well. So when he comes back, he just fits right in and they take off. So they, they should be fine. They should be fine. Murdoch, uh, pop that Eastern's, Eastern Conference standards uh, standings up. Let's check out the standings. Okay, so we got the, the Celtics at the top. We got the Nets. We got the Bucks. So after this month, I project that they'll still be at least the the third or fourth seed, given that the you know the the way that they're playing. So like you said, it shouldn't really affect them that much. At the end of the day, they're still going to end the season as a top four, you know, team in the Eastern Conference. But as far as winning it all. I don't know. We never really got a chance to see all these pieces gel together. And every time that we get a little glimpse of it, you know, something happens, you know, to tear it all down. You know, we just got Seth Curry back. You know, they just got Joe Smith back. So it was just like, you know, Claxton, you know, is getting his minutes now. It was really like they started to gel and then all of that went to, to crumbles, you know, one play. And that's why you like, you always one play away in sports from, you know, you know, being out. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's Kevin Durant again, like just wrong place at the wrong time. And here we are with another injury, man. It was his other knee last, what, at the beginning of this month, at the beginning of the season? Yeah. And now he, it's his other knee. 
Yeah, he gets hurt like this often too with somebody falling down. I mean, because he's so damn, you know, tall. I mean, he's seven foot. So, you know, I mean, if somebody falls down on him, if they, they're basically falling down on his knee and his leg and his lower leg. So, you know, he's always prone to this type of injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, they should definitely hold court. I mean, yeah, you're going to miss 30 points a night, but they should be fine in the Eastern Conference to at least remain in that top four or five seed. By the time he gets back, they shouldn't fall completely off the band. Now, if they do that, then something's something's wrong. Something's up. If they fall completely off and end up in the play-in, uh, you know, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll at least still be the four or five seed by the time he gets back. Yeah, man. So I don't know. It just seemed like ever since Kevin Durant left Golden State, you know, he can't play a full season. He can't get, you know, he got injured. He tore it out Achilles. And then, you know, he left. He sat out the first year in Brooklyn. And ever since then, he's been injured every season for mm-hmm. a substantial amount of time. So, you know, no matter – he's one of the greatest, but he never he will never be in the MVP conversation as long as he doesn't play enough games. So he'll be the greatest scorer ever, but how many MVPs will he have? You know, and that's going right. to equate to his career. But we got to get to – the. The MVP of last year's final, man, Steph Curry, the reigning champions, gained their point guard back. But now they're what? Bring up that Western Conference. Let's see where the Warriors currently stand. Mm-hmm. So right now the Warriors are eighth seed, so they are in the play-in right now at the eighth seed with, with Steph Curry's return. So he missed 11 games with a, a shoulder injury, and now he is mm-hmm. back. But the Warriors have not been gelling. You know, Wiseman has not panned out. And these role players are not, you know, playing their role. Jordan Poole still has his splashes. But, you know, Draymond, he's pretty much non-existent at this point. Um, what's going on with the Warriors? and Are they still like the team to beat in the West? What's your thoughts? Uh, what's going on with the Warriors is um, they are known for their explosive offense, but people um, underestimate and don't realize how good they are defensively or how good they've been defensively, especially with Draymond Green heading that monster. Uh, but this year, um, opponents are averaging um, 117.7 points a game against the Golden State Warriors. Um, that is pretty high considering uh, that at least in the top six, only one other team has opponents averaging that much against them. And that's the Sacramento Kings right now. Okay. So, and Sacramento Kings just got one more win, but you know, teams are scoring on Golden State right now. Golden State's just simply not playing uh, defense. Um, of course, Steph Curry being out, you know, Clay Thompson, um, you know, I think he was kind of dinged up, but he's still, he just still doesn't look like himself all the way. And Draymond Green is just going to, you know, be that facilitator, be that leader, be that defensive guy. He's never going to be, you know, the 30 point scorer to fill in for, for Steph. Um, you know, yes, the younger guys need to step up, but this is still Curry, Clay and Draymond's team. Um, and they have to, um, galvanize these troops defensively. Again, they're getting scored on. Um, at, a, at a huge clip right now. Uh, they've lost three in a row. 
Um, it doesn't look good. But again, this is Golden State. I mean, if they're healthy and they're still in the plan, they can get it rolling. I mean, again, we have to give them at least that. Um, they are, you know, especially those three guys, they are champions uh, multiple times, um, including last year's championship. So you have to respect this team um, if they are healthy. Uh, but right now it's about their defense. You know, like I said, teams are scoring on them. Um, and they need to clamp down on that defense um, more than anything right now. Me personally, I think that is Draymond Green. Draymond Green, you know, punching Jordan Poole, you know, ruining the chemistry. Then you got the league looking at you sideways because you're doing this podcast and you're going at the media, talking about you're the new media and this and that, and you're stirring the pot over there. And then, you know, on the court, you're not performing because you're not locking anything down defensively and offensively. You're basically non-existent. You're a liability. You know, as far as you like running point forward, the offense isn't running through you. You're not running like that point forward position. So you're not like distributing. So right now, Draymond Green is out of place. And I really thought that they're paying for deciding to keep him on the team this year after punching Jordan Poole. You know his contract is up after this year. You know you're not going to re-up. You know he's looking to get paid and looking for that max money. So why didn't you get up off him in that moment when you had the chance, but you decided to stay, stick with him, and now your team chemistry is all off? You know, you're going through these injuries. <clears throat> Clay isn't uh, who he used to be, and this is what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, he's averaging 7.7 points per game this season. Um, you know, that's, you know, certainly not helping. Um, and he's also averaging only 6.9, basically seven rebounds per game. Um, he's leading the team in assists uh, with 6.7 uh, right now. But, yeah, I mean, and, and in blocks, he's leading with basically one block per game. But he's also third highest on the team in turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, Draymond Green isn't helping the situation, um, you know, but nobody, again, has this really looked to Draymond Green to uh, score. Um, you know, that's primarily Klay Thompson, who's leading the team right now, you know, other than, you know, when Steph comes back, and he's, of course, leading the team. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, everything that happened with Jordan Poole definitely kind of messed up the chemistry, um, you know, and you can see that as well. Again, defensively, right, defensively, um, you know, to play defense, you have to play as one. Everybody has to come together. It's basically like, a, you know, almost like a war strategy, right? You know, everybody's lined up together in, in sequence um, and, and attacking accordingly um, and attacking together um, and talking together and communicating together. Um, and you can clearly see that that is a little bit rattled um, and that communication isn't there, um, you know, so you know, they, they better get that together again, defensively. They got to get that together. There's a lot of teams uh, in the West that score a lot of points. Um, and they're not going to be able to hold court if they're, if they're not playing. I mean, Denver is, you know, is at 116 right now. Memphis is scoring 116. Uh, New Orleans, 117. The Sacramento Kings are leading in points per game in the league tied with Boston right now uh, at 118 points per game so um you know it, it's that's going to be difficult if they're not playing defense but again you're absolutely right uh the, the chemistry matters 
and you can see that per the defensive numbers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So in the NFL, man, NFL had to get back to business as usual after the the whole incident with uh, the cardiac arrest on the field. And now it is wild card weekend. We got Lamar Jackson. He is injured. He has missed the last five games for Baltimore. And now it is wild card weekend. They are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. So the question is, should Lamar return for this game or should he sit out given his contract situation? And have we seen the last of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Because if he does not play this game, win, lose, or draw, you know, it should be basically over for him in Baltimore. So do you think that he should play this game or have we seen the last of him in Baltimore? Well, personally, I think if he if he plays this, whether he plays this game or not, they will still lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I just think the Cincinnati Bengals right now, they just have a better team. Um, now, does Lamar Jackson make a difference on the field? Absolutely. Absolutely he does uh, for the Ravens. But the Bengals, again, they're just – a better team, especially offensively. They just have too many weapons. Baltimore secondary has been suspect pretty much all year. Um, so whether he plays or not, I don't expect them to win the game. Now, should he play? Um, well, he shouldn't have stepped on the field, you know, at the beginning of the season, but he chose to do that. He chose to play the majority of the season. Um, uh, so for him to, if he is healthy, to not play now is kind of like you know, you could have made that decision back in August, really, um, to have avoided now possibly being injured. And now teams, even if you decide not to stay here in Baltimore, um, other teams are looking at you and saying, okay, you know, are you injury prone? What's that injury looking like? Is it worth paying you over $300 million, which is pretty much close to what you're asking for, anywhere from 250 to $300 all guaranteed money? Um, you know, that's that's tough for teams to evaluate. Now, does he deserve it? Hell yeah, he does. But we all know how they do, um, um, uh, especially with black quarterbacks in the league, uh, you know, especially a, a, a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who flies around the field. Um, you know, he's pretty much almost like a running back in a sense. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot more. Um, he's prone to more injuries and he has gotten injured. He has a history of it. This isn't the first year he was injured. Um, and missed about five or six games last year as well. Uh, so, you know, other teams are factoring that in. Um, and if he decides not to play, they're going to factor that even more. So, you know, but again, how I look at it is, you know, you've been playing all year. You might as well go ahead if you're healthy, you know, just finish it out. At least try to help your team. Uh, when you made the commitment to the Ravens all year, just finish out the commitment at this point. Um, but he shouldn't have honestly stepped on the field to begin with and not had his contract. Um, and then right now you could kind of feel a little bit better knowing that, you know, you got your money and Hey, I'm injured, but you know, uh, I, I feel better. I feel, you know, better about the Ravens and staying here. And, and maybe that would um, incentivize him even more to want to get out there and play. But the fact that, yeah, you don't have that contract, you know, uh, again, like I said, I don't think he should have stepped on the field anyway, but finish it out. You, you've played the majority of the season. I say finish it out at this point if if he can. If he's healthy and he could do it, why not? 
Uh, I think that at this point he has to play it out. I mean, it, yeah. because yeah. in business it's a it's a game of leverage, mm-hmm. you know. And if you sit out, you only you lose your leverage with Baltimore, but you all also lose your your leverage in negotiation room with the rest of these teams. But if you go out there and you lose to Cincinnati, but you play your heart out, you know, hey, I gave it my all, you know, and that was it. Right. You go out there and you somehow find a way to beat Cincinnati. Oh man, in his first game back, he came back and as an underdog and, and 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 got through a tough Cincinnati team. So you know the narrative, you know, it, the the chances of you coming back and getting injured again this game, it, the probability of that is very low. So why wouldn't you come back? You know, win, lose, or draw, get that leverage back. And going to the offseason, like, look, you see what I did. If you lose, you know, at least you came back and you played and you toughed it out for your team. If you find a way to win, you only, you know, make your case stronger that you deserve that money. So you got to come back and play this game at this point. I feel like it's it's his best bet. And I hope that his his advisors is uh, advising him to play, you know. But it's Wednesday. I don't think that he practiced today. So, I mean, the game is, is – what is the game Saturday or is the game and, Sunday? Uh, Sunday night. Game is Sunday okay. night. Okay, so he still got time because the game was Saturday. I'm like, and he ain't right. practicing? I, I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know. So, we'll see how this all plays out, man. But this is why having uh, good people in your corner, like, really matter and it's, like, key, mm-hmm. you know, because this decision is going to affect – the rest of his life and this is hundreds of millions of dollars on the on the table so this is not only going to affect him but this is going to affect three generations off of this decision and this is why it's key that you have the right people you know on your side and on your team because if you don't man these situations it's very hard to navigate man you might get that you that wrong advice that'll steer you down the wrong road and you hold out and you don't play and they go win without you or some crazy shit. And then they really, you know, don't feel like they need you. If they go win without you in Cincinnati, then you really lost your leverage, man. So you really got to, you got to think of the flip other side of the coin. I think a lot of times we get so focused on us. We don't look at the bigger picture. So hope Lamar go out there and play. Yeah. If, if they, (laughs) If they somehow go in Cincinnati and pull this game out without him, yeah, all of his leverage is 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 out the window. Especially beating Cincinnati. I mean, that's that's the Ravens' rival. Other than you know the steel. I mean, the whole AFC North. They're all rivals uh, against one another. So this is a huge game. Um, and yeah, if if the Ravens could somehow pull this out, that would be that would be huge without Lamar Jackson. But yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like I said, yeah, he should definitely he's, – he's played already. Why not just finish it out, man? Why not just finish out your commitment to the season? You you you, you started it, finish it out if you can. If you're if you're healthy enough, finish it out if you can. But, um, yeah, it, they offered him pretty much what he asked for, just not all of it guaranteed. In, the, in this day and age, I, I, I get it. You want to uh, uh, fight what you feel is right, but if they pretty much offered you what you what you were looking for, 
and 50 million or well, 75 million of it wasn't guaranteed. Come on, man. Come on. And you also, he also has to evaluate his history of being injured as well. You know, like you're, 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 you're playing a dangerous game there. And now look what happened again, another season where you miss games. So yeah, you're right. I mean, having the right people, I think, you know, um, his mom's and his, his, you know, his family was representing them. He really didn't have it. Yeah. He doesn't have an agent. agent He's self-represented. That's tough. And if, you know, they offered him that pretty much what he asked for, just he wanted all of his money guaranteed. I mean, you re- it's really hard to come by in this league because of the. I mean, you're, you know, you're still getting paid a lot of money. It's way better than what they were doing a decade or, or two to these guys uh, where like practically no contracts were guaranteed. You know, so we've come a long way. Um, I don't know how much owners are going to budge with giving one player especially with Lamar Jackson's history of getting injured. I don't know if owners are going to be like, you know, yeah, let's give them all of this money and let's guarantee it all. I, it, that's going to be tough. That's going to be real tough. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. But, but that's why you got to have the right people in your corner, man. Speaking of the right people in your corner, take off. He had the wrong people in his corner at the wrong time. And that's why, Social media is going at Jay Prince Jr. hard. So now Jay Prince Sr., he is going on a media tour to clear his son's name. So basically, since Takeoff's death, every time Jay Prince Jr. posts anything on social media, he is flooded with negative comments of people attacking him, saying that he is responsible for Takeoff's murder. Now, the whole industry is big on this checking in thing. It's a it's a whole thing that's big in the hip hop industry. You go to somewhere out of town, you want to check in with the locals, you know, so that you are protected and that you know where to go and where not to go. So apparently that this was on Halloween in Houston and the Migos checked in with Jay Prince. This was Jay Prince party that they attended at the bowling alley in which Takeoff was murdered at. So because of that, they said that the, basically the Migos checked in with Mob Ties. They were at a Mob Ties event and Takeoff was murdered. Therefore, Takeoff died after checking in with you. Therefore, your check-in is invalid. And now... You know, your your street cred and everybody checking in with you and that, that protection and all of that, it, it, it no longer means anything. So uh, what, do, what do you think about this whole, like, checking in thing and takeoffs death and A. Prince Jr.? Do you think that, like, checking in is something that's valid, especially now that, you know, people are dying after checking in? This is ridiculous, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's your thoughts on this? Um, it's tough. I mean, you know, I'm not a street guy. Um, don't pretend to be. Um, but you know, for the people who you know are in this life, um, if checking in is a thing, then it is a thing. And if they did that, um, they expected a level of protection. Now, um, I think it is ignorant to accuse 
um, Jay Prince Jr. of takeoffs. That's because he's not the one that brought the gun and, and shot him. All right. Uh, that was clearly somebody else um, who I believe is not affiliated with mob ties. Um, he was just there. Um, but again, I understand, um, you know, if again, they checked in with him and they were expecting a level of protection, but ultimately they shouldn't be held accountable or at fault for takeoff's death because Jay Prince Jr. or nobody affiliated with mob ties pulled the trigger um, on takeoff. Um, it is that responsibility of that man uh, that pulled the trigger on takeoff, uh, not mob ties, not Jay Prince Jr., not Jay Prince, um, and not necessarily the city of Houston. Um, it sucks, uh, but rappers um, rappers get killed in, you know, in various cities la houston uh you know uh, in new york um vegas um you know this this happens everywhere in the industry um it's a, a hip-hop industry issue uh where these uh young black men these talented black men are getting killed for no reason at all uh takeoff was killed for no reason at all um you know senseless violence as it always has been um and that's what needs to stop that needs to be more of the focus Let's stop all this senseless violence, um, especially uh, within the hip hop community. I understand that hip hop has a tendency to promote it, um, you know, but still just, you know, promoting something or talking about something still doesn't cause for that act to be placed upon you. Um, you know, so um, I, I think that is a little bit unfair. Um, but again, I can also understand for the people that's in the streets and again, that deal with this life every day, checking in, if that's the thing and they expected a level of protection for takeoff, um, and they didn't get that ultimately, um, I can understand why people are upset, but people still have to remember that again, they did not pull the trigger on takeoff. That was a, a another individual that we just showed here. Um, he is responsible, uh, for his death. Um, not monetizing in my opinion. But I, like I said, I, I do understand uh, for people in that life and, and dealing with that every day that that is um, that is something serious and something to be uh, taken seriously. See, but the but the check in comes with a payment. So mm-hmm. so if the project if the if the if what I'm paying for is protection, and I don't receive what what I'm what I'm paying for, then ultimately it just is extortion. True. <laughs> And, and and that that's the problem is that you know the these younger generation was was already opposed to checking in and now that this happened you know they're gonna be looking at everybody like nah we ain't checking right. in shit but what is that gonna do to the streets because now if checking in becomes a thing of the past now you know the wolves is gonna be out and the wolves you know what i'm saying especially after covid Ain't no more PPP going on. You know what I'm saying? The wolves been out as of late. So yeah. what do you think is going to happen now that, you know, people ain't going to, they're going to be refusing to check in. They're going to be talking shit. You know, you got people like Chris Brown and Soldier Boy gangbanging because of, of this type of form of extortion to the point where they pay so many reoccurring fees that they just become part of the game. Yeah. It's, it's easier and cheaper that way. Yeah, I mean, well, any public figure should watch how they're moving regardless. Um, you know, like not posting shit up on social media, like how unfortunately um uh PNB Rock 
uh, you know, with his situation with his girl posting that show. So, like, people need to watch how they move, especially if you're not from that city to begin with. I don't understand why that's not um, just common sense that, hey, I'm from Baltimore, Jersey, DMV. I'm going all the way to L.A. Like, yeah, of course, I'm a, you know, link up with y'all and, and, and check in with y'all and, you know, see what's happening with politics. And of course, but I'm still also watch how I'm moving in L.A., re regardless of, you know, if I'm checking it or not or who I know, any city I go visit, if you're on vacation, right, you research the city. Hey, you know, what's the most dangerous cities or what's happening in this city that I'm about to go to, right, or I'm about to travel to? We, you know, I think we research and do that um, in general. So, you know, the fact that you are a public figure with a, a, a bank account, with a following, uh, you are a brand, you should be watching how you're moving regardless um, of uh, checking in or, or what city that you're, you know, what city, you're, again, especially if you're not from that city. Um, I, I just think that's just common sense that more people, uh, more public figures need to start demonstrating, uh, especially um, hip hop cats. Uh, you you know, why, you, you got to watch and know where, you, you know, look, why am I in a different city and I got 50 million chains on? Like that's, I'm just opening myself up to potentially be a target, regardless if I check, like, even if I check in, why would I still have to just, just because I feel protected? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like I should still have common knowledge to be like, no, nah, let me just, you know, I'm in a different city. Let me just be cool. Do what I need to do, do my business and get back to, to where, where I'm, where I'm from, where I laid my, you know, where I laid my head. So, you know, that, that should be common knowledge anyway, just to protect yourself. Yeah, I agree, man. But you know, yeah, but they don't, but people know, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Ever since this Takashi six, nine situation, you know, when he was opposed to checking in and he was everywhere. And it's crazy because when he was talking about not checking in, he got into a fight with the mob ties at the LAX. And, and that was all over TMZ. <clears throat> so that's that shit right there is crazy because, you know, checking in, man, they, they put so much emphasis on it. But if you guys aren't going to really like, provide us with any type of protection or any type of security, <clears throat> then it makes no sense for us to check in. Like, right. If, if we're going to check in, then the check-in has to be valid because these OGs, they don't have the streets no more. These, these white, these youngsters, they don't respect these OGs. So True. checking in is, is invalid to a dude that no longer has the streets. And a lot of times they checking in with the wrong niggas or, you know, and these young niggas, they getting money different. So they ain't worried about like extorting people. That's right. the old nigga game, you know, and, and, True. you know, checking in pretty much is going to be a thing of the past. So I hope you youngsters learn how to move correctly because the game don't change. You know what I'm saying? So the game is going to be good to some and, and, and bad to others. So play it accordingly. But let's get to this politics, man. So politics is going crazy, man. This is this is ridiculous. America is ridiculous. 
I I don't know if you guys pay attention to politics out there, man, but America, we just almost went through a shutdown mm. and they couldn't pick a house representative. And now we got Joe Biden. His aides find classified documents from his vice presidency at a second location. So in the second time in a week, they have found classified documents. Now, you remember they raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate and found classified documents, but that was after a full FBI search. They just stumbled upon these documents. So imagine that they did a full FBI search of, of Biden's locations and properties, how many classified documents they will find. But at the same time, they're underplaying and undercutting it, saying, no, we found these and we 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 willingly gave them up and, and reported them to the committee. That's because the people that found them, you know, didn't care about Biden and was more worried about their own personal well-being. If it was up to Biden, you know, he would have hid that shit. But his aides found it and they, they turned it in. And now they're trying to, you know, compare what Biden did to what Trump did. And and they're trying to basically be like, oh, well, there's a difference, but it's the same crime. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, all, most of these politicians, if not all of them, are shysters anyway, right? Um, you know, if we rated all of their... <laughs> homes, their vacation homes, their, the offices, the offices they used to rent out, used to lease out, uh, you know, basements. We probably find a whole bunch of different classified documents out there, especially after they raided the Capitol uh, last year. They, they, they didn't raid for nothing. Uh, they went in there uh, to get classified uh, documents. That's what Trump sent them in there for. Um, you know, but to compare uh, you know, uh, with Biden and, and Trump, I mean, listen, you know, again, both are shysters in their own way. Trump, I think, is just a little bit more blunt <laughs> about it and just doesn't care. Um, but Biden is also undercover uh, with how he um, has handled things. And he hasn't always, you know, he hasn't he doesn't have the the squeaky clean resume. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, with Trump, a lot of people in politics hate him right now. So, of course, they're going to they're going to go at him um, and Biden. You know, people are going at him just because, you know, like I said, they felt like he hasn't done enough. And this is just another way to attack him, um, just like they did with his son. Uh, but this is this is the game. Right. This is what they this is what they do. Uh, election time is coming up. They got to start digging up stuff. They got to start finding stuff to give people doubt, give people a story. Um, honestly, you know, I really don't think it's going to turn out to be much um, because, again, I think there's a whole bunch of top secret uh, sealed, classified, confidential, classified documents out there um, with all you know with all these politicians um, and, or, or people who used to work for the government or or currently work for the government. Um, you know, so you know, I don't give it too much too much weight. Uh, but you know, again, this is this is what they do. They they're again, it's election time. They're gearing it up. Uh, you know, Republicans are putting out stories about Democrats. Democrats are putting out stories about Republicans. This is just the the politics game. Um, this is, like I said, this is what they do. So, not surprised, and it'll probably blow over. It's just the every time this this type of stuff happens, it's just the mainstream media for me because mm -hmm. you know, like 
-hmm. we already in in the last election we already seen that that facebook and twitter you know were manipulating information on behalf of the democratic party right and then as soon as you get in the presidency you weaponize the fbi to go in and do the seizure at, at trump's estate to find these classified documents so that you can find a smoking gun that you can use to try to get him to not be eligible to run for the 24 uh, 2024 election but at the same time you send the fbi to find a smoking gun for something that you're guilty of yourself and that you didn't even hide it well enough to the point that your aides went into an old office and stumbled upon this right they weren't even looking the fact that somebody could just accidentally find this lets you know that like you have no coof you have no tact and you know what i'm saying you're doing a very horrible job of like hiding who you are like mm-hmm. joe biden has killing me and the other day he called uh kamala president president harris so he doesn't even know his own position <laughs> there was an interview where i watched with michelle obama and she was asked if she's going to endorse biden for 2024 and she said we'll see Right. So, you know, Michelle Obama won't even endorse him. When it came to the, the first election, Obama told Biden not to run. So if the Bidens are, are basically staying clear of this, and then I don't know why we're still putting our faith in Joe. If Joe runs for another four years, I'll be surprised. I really believe that they 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 put Kamala there the whole time so that they can put her in the vice presidency and they can run her 2024 as the first female president and female black president and they setting that up for them to be a big splash so that they can get this presidency and then guess what because she's a vice president she can run for another eight years so what they plan to do you know I, that's what I think they plan to do is to run Kamala for, you know, presidency and then keep her for the next eight years until they can figure out the next play for the Democratic Party. Yeah, if that's if that's their play, that's a, a epic failure. Not and there's no disrespect to, you know, um, her being a woman, her being a black woman. Um, she just wouldn't be a top candidate in my opinion i mean she has uttered what five words um since <laughs> taking the role as vice president and there has been issues there have been black issues uh, she's also uh asian as well there have been asian american issues there have been a lot of women rights issues um where we have not heard her speak or utter two words about any of these issues whether it's black people still dying at the hands of the police um, whether it's uh, women and with the um, with the Roe versus Wade and abortion rights, you know, she hasn't spoken up a lot. You know, Texas is you know out of their mind with the laws and the things that they're trying to implement in in schools and with education. And she, you know, tends to be a you know proponent with you know kids and and making sure kids are doing the right thing. Hasn't said anything about that. So you know, if if their plan is to put her as the candidate for the presidency um, against, especially against Donald Trump. Good luck with that, Um, you know, and I'm not rooting for Donald Trump by any means, but the Democratic Party, you have to put up, 
you have to put up a better candidate than Kamala Harris. The people will not uh, follow her. I can tell you that right now. Um, you know, it, it it just it just wouldn't it just wouldn't happen. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you saying that they they're not going to do that. I'm just saying if that's the plan, you know, good luck. I I, I think Trump would, would win by landslide. Uh, we forget that. Well, I- Last time they they blamed the election that they said that Biden won because he got a stink about ninety eight percent of the black female vote, and that was because Kamala was oh, his yeah, vice presidency. Yeah, she so got did. almost a hundred percent of the black female vote because her being the fem- uh be- being her the vice president. So the banking that if that got Biden into presidency. Then why wouldn't that get her into presidency? Because you you would still still white men and white women, especially older white men and older white women, still voted for Joe Biden. Uh, yes, Kamala being on the ballot helped, especially getting the black and black women's vote. Um, even the the young vote as well. Um, she she draws a younger crowd of the you know she draws that younger crowd similar to how Obama did as well, but. No, there still had to be, um, especially, like I said, older white men and women that voted uh, for Joe Biden um, that make up, again, we, we, we still have to remember white people still make up 60% of this country. So you need uh, the white vote. Um, and so, you know, uh, again, that's why they had Joe Biden and then they had Kamala. They, they combined the two forces. Uh, who would she be running with to secure uh, that white vote, especially that old white vote? Um, because a lot of old white people may decide to side with Donald Trump. Uh, he is, you know, he relates to that type of crowd. Um, you know, so that's that's going to be tricky. I don't know. You know, you need you need both. Again, white people still, See, still now, are the majority in the country. Now, now, when you say that, when I was watching that Michelle Obama interview, I was mm-hmm. thinking that same exact thing. Now, I was thinking like Michelle, Michelle doesn't have enough, you know, experience to just run strictly for presidency. But if they run Kamala there and they run Michelle as a vice presidency, then they can turn around and run her for president right after Kamala. I, so I, I don't know, you know, the, you know how this politics work, man. They they thinking three steps ahead, so you gotta you gotta think along the lines of what they doing. But yeah. I really think that whatever is gonna happen, Michelle Obama is gonna have her hand in this next election. If she doesn't have her hat in it, you know, if they if they run Michelle Obama with Kamala as her vice president, then then what do you what's your thoughts on that? Uh, again, you, you still have to speak to the white people in this country. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying we, you know, run, you know, get a white VP, but that's kind of, again, with the landscape of the country, if this, if this was flipped and this was a 60% minority country and white people made up 11 or 12%, that's a different story. But again, white people still make up the majority of this country. The Republican Party has still been getting the majority of the the Southern and like Central West, um, you know, um, that Mountain West range. Those votes, you know, from Montana on down to like Arizona, 
um, and then from Arizona all the way over to Georgia, it's pretty much still red. Um, you know, the blue states are the states where, the, of course, the you know the majority of the people live. The most populated cities: Cali, uh, New York, Illinois, etc. Um, you still have to speak to that demographic, that L in between of America, um, where the majority of the white people are. You know, and, and I'm not saying that all of those white people, you know, are can uh, that are conservative couldn't be uh, switched to being liberal per se, but is a can a black woman do that? Yeah, that's the yeah. question. Yeah, uh, she, know, she can't flip. I don't believe that any either one of them can flip any of those red states blue. That's that's and, 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 you'll, and you'll have to you'll have you'll have they'll have to flip one or two of those red states in 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 order to to get that white people are just going to vote for Donald Trump simply because the man is white white liberals pro probably not especially uh you know uh white liberal women um because the man is you know just a sexist and a predator but you know it, it you still have to try to get that vote. And that's what Biden and Kamala did together, getting white people and black people of various demographics to, to come together and vote. Kamala and Michelle Obama, uh, that would that would be kind of that would be difficult. They would get a lot of white women, a lot of liberal white women, but liberal white men, conservative white men to flip, that's tough. Yeah. I don't know. It's just uh it's all a game, man. I don't know. Yeah, I just, it definitely is. I, I, I look at the Republican side of things, though. Mm -hmm. And you got Trump, you know, announcing his nomination like super duper ultra early. So we don't have an official nomination from anybody but Donald Trump. And that's because he wants the, the whole Republican Party to rally behind him. Right. But they're not. They yep. refuse to. And they're not going to rally around him this time like they did last time. So he wants to, you know, state his nomination early to try to force the Republican Party's hand. But we just seen in, in all the primaries and all the seats, every candidate that you endorsed lost. And Herschel Walker was your last horse in the race. And he lost. Yeah. Oh, Amrock, keep going. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, good. My bad. I was like, what's yeah. up? <laughs> but, but that shit is wild, man. I thought like, he was about to jump on, jump on the go. <laughs> yeah, but that shit was wild, man. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just this, this whole political party thing, man. Like this two party system with the independence on the, on the, like, it's a two-party system, but then we have registered independence on the ballot. Also, independent has never won unless we're talking about Dick Gregory, because a lot of people don't know that Dick Gregory won the presidency and they have to go and recount and then took the presidency back from him. Dick Gregory, yes, was on the on the ballot. If you're not familiar with Dick Gregory, he's one of my favorite people to listen to, especially when I'm just like chilling. Dick Gregory, man, turn on some Dick Gregory. It's like comedy, but he he teach you a whole lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. This this Mike Pence, he might he might throw his hat in. He was the vice president. That guy. 
And they keep trying to impeach Trump, or and, and Trump ain't even in presidency. Look at all these red states and these blue yeah, states. Yeah, I mean that's that, you know like you know you the whole to, middle of the country is red. Yeah, you, your chance, your best chances are like Ohio and Florida. Those states have been blue before. I think Obama got those states. Um, you know, uh, surprisingly, we you know blue is Arizona now. Um, you know, so but yeah, I mean, you have to. That's tough, and that's majority. You know where 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 white you know white conservatives are at. You have to flip at least two of those states to win the presidency. That 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 would be tough for for two black women in this country. Unfortunately, it sucks to say, but that would be tough. That's just the reality. Well, we 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 supposedly got Kanye West coming for 2024 yeah. he had disappeared for four weeks but they they're reporting that kanye has been found so kanye is no longer disappeared kanye is alive and he is well so let's still see if he got his his you know he's gonna throw his uh name in the hat for this 2024 election but right now as we can see it is already a shit show man and it's like I don't want to vote for none of these motherfuckers, man. Right. Yeah. You're right. We have to vote for somebody. Somebody's going to get it. But, you know, it's like, I don't want to vote for none of these people. It's ridiculous. All right. But let's get some shout outs before we get up out of here. Yeah, I just want to uh, start off by saying uh, rest in peace uh, to my to my father, uh, to my pops. Uh, he passed away on Sunday, so rest in peace to him. And um, uh, you know, um, uh, with black men, um, you know, when black men grow up, you know, we we grow up with either our fathers in our lives or just not in our lives. Um, and it was a mix uh, for me. Uh, growing up, um, you know, he was there at times, but, you know, um, not not there the majority of the time, but there at some critical times um, where I needed some help. Um, and so I appreciate that and always will. Um, and I just, you know, hope that he's resting in peace. Um, and shout out to Politic. And as always, man, appreciate, um, appreciate you guys, man, for just, you know, having this platform, um, having me on this platform. Greatly appreciate it. Shout out to the DMV in Baltimore, man. Um, and, you know, just everybody just stay safe out there. They talking about a new COVID variant. Uh, so just, you know, just be safe out there, people. Uh, you know, we, we might have to start masking up again. They ain't going to do no more shutdowns. So we got to start masking up again and just, you know, just please, people, just protect yourselves. Wash your hands. Just watch how you're moving out here for real. But shout out to politics. You know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My condolences to you, brother. You know, you know, I'm going through something right now with my father, myself. He, he had a brain tumor. Oh man, and he got it removed. But ever since he got it removed, you know, you know, this is a, a, a slow process, and he, he, he basically will never be the same. And right now, he's having like a, a onset, like a, a type of dementia. Mm. You know, and. It's hard to, you know, like he's still alive, so I'm blessed to still have my father here. Yeah, also, you and your family too, man. Definitely. But also, you know, know and understand that, you know, my father will never be who he used to be. 
and we'll never get to kick it like how we used to kick it. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a hard pill to swallow, man. So my condolences, man. Shout out to you, man, Black Rich Creators. You know, shout out to, you know, Brand of Encouragement. Focus on the future, you know, HNS 420, all the, all the boys that didn't make it today, you know, but we're going to get to it, man, because I don't know what you're going to do with your life, man, but I'm going to get to it, man. Kanye 2024 for president. I'm going to give me some of that merch, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you some of that, uh, what was it? It was that Gap merch. It was that Adidas merch. Adidas it was merch, that Balenciaga yeah. merch, you know. He said he's just going to take all the old stuff and put 2024 on it and sell it as his uh, his uh, campaign merch. Yeah. yeah. Grab you some of that Yeezy campaign merch, Yeezy for President 2024, and uh, Politic in a Podcast, man. We out. Yeah. Smoking dank Sinatra, that's all gas. On a hunt in a tall grass. Intercepting every ball pass, then I run it back, that's a TD. Check the scoreboard, y'all last. We up one, you see me. Pussy niggas wanna talk about it, go to hell, cat, no demon. I'll be politicking on your broadcast. Got the red carpet like the 